Hello, I'm Sean Finnegan, and you are listening to Restitutio, a podcast to get you thinking about biblical and historical Christianity, to challenge you to follow Christ, and to inspire you to lead a consecrated life. How do you know the difference between what's right and wrong? Do morals have an absolute source, or does society determine them? In this talk, Kenny Wellenberg explains the classic moral argument as well as how we can use this approach to turn the tables when people object to Christianity on moral grounds, which, of course, is the most common type of objection we hear today. I've also left in a fair amount of discussion and back and forth, both questioning and defending the moral argument and fine-tuning how we can most effectively use it. Here now is podcast 145, Apologetics Conference Part 3, The Moral Argument, with Kenny Wellenberg. Basic argument, real quick here, is that objective morality points towards God. If morals are objective, then they are obligations for people to follow. There must be a source where those morals originated from, as an obligation to live by. The most reasonable origin of genuine objective morals is an external personal being, or what we would call God. People can have morality without believing in God, so just make that first of all. There's a lot of people hear this and say, oh, you're saying you know, atheists can't be good people, and they very much are good people. Belief in God is not a prerequisite for morality, but if there is no God, then there couldn't even be objective morality to start with. So that's really kind of the point I'm gonna be making. Um, there's a lot of different directions you can go with this. I just wanted to start with um, actually a moral argument as proof against God. So a lot of times opponents to God in Christianity will use a moral argument as proof against God. Popular atheist author Richard Dawkins, you've probably all heard of him, he offers what I consider a moral criticism of God in his book, The God Delusion. Uh, has anyone here read that book? So this is a pretty common quote. Um, a lot of people know this. The God of the Old Testament is arguably the most unpleasant character in all fiction. Jealous and proud of it. A petty, unjust, unforgiving control freak. A vindictive, bloodthirsty, ethnic cleanser. A misogynistic, homophobic, racist, infanticidal, genocidal, filicidal, pestilential, megalomaniacal, sadomasochistic, capriciously malevolent bully. So, strong words. I mean, you kind of wish he'd tell you what you really thought, right? <laughs> so, I was going to point out three problems I see with this. First off, saying that God is immoral is not actually an argument against God's existence at all. Right? No one would use that line of reasoning against anyone else. No one's going to say, Hitler didn't exist because the things he did were too bad. Right? And that's really what he's getting at here. He's saying... The God of the Old Testament was, did all these horrible things, so he can't exist. That's not logical. Second of all, saying that the creator of the universe is evil is quite arrogant, really, when you think about it. If there really is a creator of the universe who's above all else, created everything else, set everything in existence, um, certainly that creator would have the right to interact with his creation any way he felt like it. I don't really see any other, other way around that what his creation determined to be good or bad, like what we think is right or wrong, it's kind of irrelevant compared to what God says. I mean, if there is a God that's above everything else, that creates everything, 
really what we say we like and don't like. It's just our personal opinion. It's irrelevant in comparison to a creator. Such a being, if he did exist, would have authority to deem any action he chose to either be good or bad, and it it wouldn't be up to date by his creation. So third here, and this is really where it gets to the moral argument. So Dawkins here is unequivocally speaking against the idea of a biblical God by claiming that he is immoral, right? The problem is he's trying to use morality to disprove God is that without God existing to set the objective moral standards in the first place, there's not an absolute standard to even judge God by. Like We're only left stating our own personal opinions, which are free to be disagreed with or ignored. Someone could just as easily hear that quote from Dawkins as a praise to God. And I'm sure there's some people that do. If they consider those actions that he says is virtuous, then they're going to say, sure, it's good. Without God, there cannot even be objective good and evil, right or wrong, moral or immoral. So that's really the point there of this whole argument. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit, um, talk about our culture a little bit. So our culture is very much at odds with itself. We all know that. We all live in a culture and we all realize how weird it is, even though we're a part of it. Our culture is very relativistic. It means we think a lot of things are open, or open for personal opinions to supersede traditional societal norms. We tend to frown on people who are pushing their specific ideas onto others, especially when it comes to religion and morality. Um, religious people are pro- promoting their ideals are often labeled as fundamentalists, they're also labeled a lot of other things, you know, extremists, narrow-minded, hateful. Um, deceptively, relativism is taught in our culture as the only objective truth. So think about that for a second. <laughs> the only thing that's truly true is that everything's relative. That's what we hear all the time. Our culture also tends to be very focused on inclusivity and accepting of others, including their beliefs, cultures, ideas, lifestyles. Tolerance and acceptance are accepted as kind of the epitome of our society and of perfection. And then that idea of tolerance is juxtaposed against Christian beliefs. We talk up tolerance and then we, you know, we teach it against Christianity as if Christianity is narrow-minded. You know, and Christians are often judged for being intolerant. But interestingly, though, tolerance and unconditional love towards others is something somewhat unique to cultures with a Christian background. You're not going to see a lot of other cultures that don't have any Christian influence that are very much into tolerance and diversity and love towards others, especially towards enemies. Uh, While we teach tolerance of many things in our culture, Christian beliefs is not one of them anymore. Our culture is extremely intolerant of intolerance, which is another one to think about there for a second. We tolerate everything except for intolerance, which you think if we're really about tolerance, we should tolerate even those who are intolerant to some degree. But that's not the way it's it is, and intolerance is how Christians and Christian beliefs are viewed. Also, people will also argue against religious ideas of morality by saying it's arrogant for religious people to push their personal ideas onto someone else. Anyone see any problem with that? It's not really an argument, but them pushing their ideas onto us, which is the very action they're condemning Christians of. It's just kind of a way that they're claiming that they have absolute authority and that they're not subject by the same rules they're trying to put everyone else under. So basically, they're rejecting morality for moral reasons. Another kind of odd thing. Starting to see how our culture kind of its a little bit at odds with itself. What this really comes down to is, for morality, it's either going to be objective, meaning that it applies to everyone at all times, it's always the same, it's always true, 
or it's going to be subjective, meaning it can vary, and it can change through times, through, you know, whatever. Now, if morality is objective, then it must be based on a standard outside of humanity for it to remain consistent and true, regardless of varying opinions. If there's a creator that sets such morality, then it can be obligatory for people to have to follow it and obey it and be held accountable to it. And this seems to fit best with how most people view morality. Now, if instead morality is subjective, then we have to ask, who or what is it subjective to? Right? We always hear that things are subjective, but that means it's subjective to something. Who or what is that? Some people are going to say that it's subjective to each individual. Like Every person gets to choose their own morality. Everyone gets to make up their own right and wrong. Everyone gets to you know, basically set morality. Other people are going to say, no, that doesn't quite work, but morality is instead it's set by a group of people, either your culture or your society or your time period or humanity as a whole. Those are kind of the two ways that people are going to lump it. There's others too, but these are the main two. I'm just going to talk about those for a little bit here. So morality, first off, can't be subjective to individuals. I think we all know this, but I'll just run through this real quick anyway. Um, If it was subjective to individuals, then everyone could choose morality for themselves, and they're free to do whatever actions they feel are best, and they're not accountable to others, nor should they be judged by others. If morality is subjective to each individual, then everyone has equal valid authority, and no one has the right to criticize anyone else's actions or act like they're violating any set of moral obligation. I don't think many people want to argue that. I mean, I don't know too many people that do, but there are a few. Um, The more common one is that morality would be subject to groups of people, and I don't think that works either. So morality can't be subjected to groups of people. Um, It's common philosophy that they're subjective, you know, either to you know, your society or your culture, or a lot of people will say, well, whatever your country is, we, you can set your own morality for that country. This line of thought teaches that people can come together and agree on what's moral and immoral in their society. But um, this subjective idea of morality runs into some serious problems. Here's a few of them. So if morals are decided on by a culture, if that's true, then what right does any culture or society have to criticize any other culture or society for their differing morality, right? I mean, we look at a lot of other countries, like, it's so horrible what they do over there. It's, they sh- how can they even act that way? What's wrong with them? If, they, if every bit of morality is just based on your own culture and what you decide, then we don't have any right to say that what they do is right or wrong. I mean, if that's the case, then they're just as right as we are. Morality has varied widely throughout different societies, and I doubt there's, there's very few people that are willing to say that what all of those different moralities through all different times of history and all different cultures, that all of those were acceptable. You might run into a few people, but most people are not going to be willing to go down that road because that is a pretty broad amount of immorality that we see. Many practices that we find immoral are normal in other societies today. Okay? And other ones, a lot of different deplorable ideas have been considered moral in the past. So examples of those would be slavery or child sacrifice, abuse, murder, genocide, sexism, racism, et cetera, et cetera, right? There's all kinds of things that in the past we see were considered immoral, were fine, like they were just accepted by the culture, and nowadays we're, we say absolutely not. The farther you go back and the broader you look throughout history, the more cultures you look, the more you're going to find varying beliefs and practices and all that. So very few people are willing to say that all of those things are okay just because society that they were in collectively agreed on to be moral. Now, we rightly, as a society, earnest people, we rightly say that all of those things were wrong then, and they still are wrong, 
And we work as a society to reduce those type of things. So I think it's pretty clear there that morality can't be just simply subjective to groups of people, like people just get to decide what's moral for them and it doesn't apply to anyone else. That just doesn't seem to fit either. So I'm going to say morality must be objective. Most people actually, I think, live this way, whether they actually will admit to it or not. A lot of people, they'll say, I, I believe that everything's you know, relative and you know, people can come up with their own morals or something like that, but just cross them on one of their morals and it quickly turns out that they seem to think it's very objective. So a lot of people, they're just going to say, that is absolutely just wrong. It's just wrong. I don't, they won't even necessarily know how to explain it. They just say, that is just wrong. Some people will call it a conscience. Others are going to say, it's just human nature to know that those things are wrong. Um, but if you really press these, a lot of these people for why they think it's wrong, a few people can actually give a satisfactory answer on why they think something is objectively wrong. A lot of people just say, it just is. But either someone must admit that their objective morality has to come from somewhere, or they have to admit that their morals are subjective and just essentially worthless and could be dismissed by anyone else. So the only thing that really seems to fit and make sense is that there is a God that would have set in place certain morals that are universally and objectively true. They wouldn't change over time, depending on the person, cultures, anything like that. The idea of objective morality is usually practiced by people even if they won't admit it. It's practically impossible to live as if morality is subjective to personal or cultural ideas. So that quote I previously read from Dawkins, we don't really get the impression that that is just subjective morality that he's talking about. Like He's saying, well, I think these things are wrong, but it, it's really not. Anyone else could disagree with it. Dawkins is stating what he believes is objectively immoral behaviors and that most of his readers should and will agree with him on it. Now, there are some other alternative origins, you know, theories to morality of where this could have come from. Because people, if they, you know, you do kind of back in my corner and say, look, either morality is worthless or it's objective. If it doesn't, and you say it must come from a god. There's a few other things that people will try to throw out there and say, no, it's, here's where it came from. So um, probably the most scientific thing that you're going to hear is on the origin of morality is that we just evolved to have specific morals because that behavior previously led to higher rates of survival for our ancestors. I've heard that one quite a few times from a lot of different people. Another one is that your culture just decides on a morality and then we kind of grow up accepting that and just becomes part of who we are because we grew up in a society that teaches that. I don't think either of those really hold a whole lot of weight. Morality can't just be a product of evolution and still be objectively true. First off, there's plenty of problems with the idea of morality being a product of evolution. I mean, first off, how would self-sacrificial care of the weak help one's genes reach greater rates of survival, right? I mean, that seems to be kind of contradictory from an evolutionary standpoint, spending extra resources to care for unproductive members of society that are a detriment to the group doesn't usually work. I mean, often it's in nature, it's the strong survive by preying off the weak, not by generously giving to them. But let's just for the sake of argument, let's say that's true that our ancestors with strong moral feelings, that they survived at higher rates, and let's see if that still can make sense. So a few problems with that would be many of the morals that led to higher survival rates in the past generations will not necessarily do so today. And they might, in fact, lead to lower survival rates in modern times. So... If moral feelings are simply evolutionary holdovers, they don't really have any real relevance to us today. However, not many people want to make the claim that morals are irrelevant today. You know, atheist, agnostic, whatever, everyone pretty much holds to some sort of morality. Also, different people's, people groups, their ancestors could have had totally different practices of morality that led to different survival rates in different areas, right? Like in one part of the world, maybe child sacrifice led to greater survival rates, and in another part, 
fighting people that did, and trying to wipe out people that had child sacrifice would have had higher survival rates. So you're going to then have different people groups today that have different morals that would be you know, genetically passed down to them. And how are we going to determine which one of those differing morals are right and which ones are relevant today? It's a massive problem to try to deal with that. Also, if we accept that moral feelings are the result of our ancestors, do we have any obligation to follow those same morals just because our ancestors did it? I don't think so. What if upon research, we find that the highest propagation and survival rates are fostered in a culture that promotes being the petty, unjust, unforgiving, control freak, you know, on and on the whole quote that Dawkins said. What if that behavior that Dawkins is so upset about, what if we find that that is best for surviving? Are we now going to say that's what's moral and we should do that because it helps genes survive? That's not a very satisfactory answer either. If we're going to go down that road, we're going to have to say that every behavior that helped our ancestors survive in the past would be moral. I don't think anybody wants to go down that road. The other argument would be that it's just something that's passed down from our culture. So we grew up in a culture that teaches something's right and wrong, so we just accept it, and that's how you know, there's an objective moral, and it's still objective because you know, it's passed down from our culture and everyone knows it's right and wrong. I don't think that quite works either. Many of Dawkins' atheist and agnostic readers, the people that you know, love to promote his book and everything, they're going to agree with his charge of the God of the Bible being unjust and that his characteristics are evil and immoral. Ironically, though, many of those readers got their view of morality because they were taught by their culture that certain things were right and wrong and that that cultural morality must be based on objective source or it's not really relevant for us to follow today. I mean, we could say, sure, I grew up in this culture and it taught me that these things are right or wrong, so I'm going to hold on to that. But it just doesn't quite seem to hold a lot of weight because cultures that have been wrong in the past, they could be wrong now. Entire countries have been wrong in very much of their beliefs. Also, our cultural ideals aren't without biblical influence, including the idea of you know, loving our enemies or what we may be more comfortable calling it tolerance. So many of the opponents of biblical morality are you know, they're trying to rid the culture of these biblical ideas um, and they're not even realizing that a lot of those biblical ideas that they have or that they're trying to get rid of are largely responsible for the cultures in, or influencing our culture for the morality that we have currently. So you're not going to find a lot of this kind of freedom that we have in cultures where Islam or atheistic communism is the you know, major influence on morality. Our culture was largely influenced by generations of biblical Christian thinking and the morality that came out of that religious philosophy. So it's kind of interesting, but we have a culture that was largely Christian, so we learn these Christian morals. People kind of turn away from God, but they've kept the morality, and now they're trying to turn that morality against Christianity to start with. They're like, they're cutting the legs out from under their own argument. They don't realize that, but that's exactly what's happening. I was going to kind of shift over to more of emotional arguments on morality, which is more of dealing with the problem of evil. I think we're just going to kind of skip that for now. We can maybe jump into that with discussion. So once again, kind of this basic moral argument, though, um, it's just that if there is, morality seems to point to a God because if there are morals, then it seems that they must be objective and not just subjective. Um, and if there is objective, it has to come from somewhere, and that somewhere makes most sense to be from God. So just to kind of get that into everyone's head and kind of get you guys comfortable with making those arguments, I just kind of thought maybe we could have a couple people come up here and we could kind of go through some different arguments of things that you all hear, like when people come up and say, well, I don't like Christianity because you guys are all this, this, or this, or Christians always are problems in this area. 
those are making moral arguments. So I want us to all kind of get comfortable with taking that, seeing what the issue is with, you know, what the moral argument that they're making is, and then kind of turn that back in on itself. So I don't know if we, is there a couple of people that would feel comfortable wanting to come up and kind of practice a few of these moral arguments? So what's a common argument you hear against Christianity as far as like attacking something they do wrong? Oh man, wow, where do I start? Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Off yeah, a good start. If someone's lifestyle isn't hurting someone else, where's, where's the harm in it? So if someone's gay or if someone is trans, like, why wouldn't we be tolerant of that? God made them that way. So you're basically saying Christians are too intolerant of yes, other people. So, and you yeah. think that's wrong? Yes, of different okay. people's lifestyles. They're not doing anything wrong. They're not hurting anyone else. So you think that's why God couldn't exist? It's because of that. Yeah, and people are just created that way, and evolution okay. and all that. This is a good one. This is one we hear a lot. So are you all thinking about any moral implications that she's charging against Christians and God? It's a thing justice. She's saying it's an unjust behavior on the Christian part. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's inconsistent with the love ethic. You say you love people, but you're not loving these people. They're making a judgment call on what they consider to be non-harmful behavior, whereas same-sex relationships, they're claiming to be completely innocuous, like just what's wrong with it? Nobody's hurting anybody. And I think that that's a mistake where you can bring in, well, why do you think that there's no harm in having a same-sex relationship? Because it's just love. So if you love something then it's, it's okay to, to do what you want. Yeah, and, and it's two consenting adults. Why is it a problem? Uh, well, uh, what if I love to do something that could then be destructive? Okay, well, yeah, that's a problem. Like, uh, it's, it's maybe the same thing of a two consensual adults having a same-sex relationship may be different than saying that I love to harm animals or something like that. Yes. But just the basis of love itself is a, a false premise. I would probably come back and push in that direction. Okay. okay. So like what you just said, I don't want to be a Christian, and I don't, I don't believe in God because Christians are horrible, and the Bible says all these bad things about God that doesn't promote gay marriage or so on. So right. that same thing that you're saying. There's a moral argument against God in that, right? Mm-hmm. You, all, you all see what that is? What she's saying, basically Christians are intolerant, and that's evil, right? But well, that we're being we're being accused of some sort of injustice, like Sean mm-hmm. said, is that you know that, that's some part of the humanism I talked about this morning. Is they they want to fight for human rights and, and the full expression of of the human life, and therefore to deny any part of a person's exploration uh, and indulgence of that would be a uh, kind of like a, a fault against them, and they would be seen as intolerant and judgmental and even bigoted. Okay, so let's make the uh, moral argument for God in response to that. So the moral argument would be, okay, so you're basically, you you don't like Christians and you're not going to believe in God because you say Christians are intolerant and they're they're unjust, they're they're basically you think they're evil. So basically you think things are right and wrong, good and right, you know, right and wrong, good and evil. Where do you think that idea that things are good and evil comes from? Um, I, I think it's just evolved over time in our society, and uh, it's innate. You know, people know what's right and wrong. 
Okay, so pretty much if we've evolved to think something's right or wrong, then that's what is right or wrong. Yes. So if we go through science and we find out that anything happened to evolve that way, we're going to now say that's okay. So what if we find through a lot of scientific study that people have evolved to have a violent tendency and want to murder people? Should we embrace that? No. I, no, because we shouldn't kill people. <laughs> what if we were to find out that we were evolved to not like homosexual tendencies because they don't tend to promote more children, which is primarily the idea where evolution comes from. The greater number of children you're going to have, the greater your genes will survive, that idea. Yeah, that's a tricky tends. one. That's a tricky so. one. I got nothing for that. So, okay. <laughs> so see, here's where this argument, the moral argument for God comes in. It's like So many of these criticisms against Christians are, they're basically saying Christians are immoral, they're wrong, they're doing something evil. Just flip that around. They don't even try to, once you get to that point, it's like, it's a good spot to say, long launch into why Christians feel what things are, right and wrong, where we, why we necessarily think things are just or injustice, and you can kind of move in a different way. But first off, I mean, you can just disable someone's argument so quick like that just by saying, you really don't even have a right to argue what you're arguing. And we can do this with any different type of thing, really. So, I think also something that you point out really good, Kenny, is um, there's, there's always an underlying premise for which somebody feels is the, the right basis to make the claim. And a lot of times it's not on the surface. For example, the, the claim that Shelby was saying, she didn't outright say that she believed that an evolved consciousness or um, highly integrated cerebral processes were able to make moral judgments, but that's the basis for her claim. And so Kenny's just saying kind of like, if you understand where somebody's base is at, you can turn the question out and push in that direction. And I think that's, that's the, the way to not get caught up in, in their sort of game that they're playing to try to convince you is to sort of ask them uh, the questions that put them sort of in the corner, kind of like, um, what do you call it, turn the table mm-hmm. on them? Yeah. All right, so do you want to try to like counter one against me? Like if I, so you're here for a, you know, kind of a Christian conference. I just can't know, understand why anyone would want to be a Christian when there's such arrogant people that just want to push their ideas onto everyone else. Well, I guess I would say that I am not trying to push my ideas on everyone else because I want to have absolute truth that I can't come up with myself, but I want to get from God. So I'm searching scripture and I'm searching for truth to find that from God. Okay, great answer. Yeah. Great answer, but... Um, I was going to look for a little bit different one. So, so listen carefully. I'm making a moral criticism against Christianity, right? I don't understand why anyone would want to be a Christian because all they want to do is push their ideas onto everyone else. Think carefully. What's the moral criticism they're making? Well, you're criticizing me for being here as well. <laughs> Bingo. So get off my case. <laughs> exactly. So I... you're, you're pushing your... Your anti-belief. Your non... Uh, non-evangelism belief. You're evangelizing your non-evangelism onto her. Yeah. So that, you know, basically, the, the criticism you're making of her, you're doing. Exactly. So you're not, that's cheating. See? <laughs> exactly. It is. It is, and, and people get away with this all the time because we don't call people on it. That's well, like uh, relativism. Uh, philosophers, and Dale, you can also comment, they, they acknowledge that relativism is actually impossible because you can't actually maintain the position 
and yet be relative about it. Like it, it's a it's an it's a contradiction. I've heard you let them talk, they'll talk themselves right back out of the conversation. Just listen to them. Let them talk and then say you just contradicted yourself. Because they will. Mm -hmm. They're their own statements. You know, so. about life. They'll say something immoral about life, but then they'll say it's okay to do this over here. You know, it's it's immoral to kill anybody in a prison, but it's okay to kill a baby at no matter what stage. You just kind of point that out, you know, isn't all life precious? And they'll say, yeah, no way that you said it's not over here. Yeah. And the point I'm really trying to get to is not even to try to engage people and like argue out, like Jerry said, it turns the tables and kind of makes them think, whoa, I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. So listen when someone makes a point against God of a reason why they don't think God exists, and usually it has a moral implication behind it. Some people will say, well, scientifically, I think this, 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 and this makes more sense, and I mean, that's going to be a really long debate to get into. Most people you're going to run into are just going to say, I don't like God because of this, or I can't believe in God because... What's one you guys hear pretty frequently? Like, throw some out there. The hypocrisy of Christians. Right, kind of what we just, what we just did, right? It's pretty similar to that. Um, Christians are all hypocrites and they don't live by their own rules. Is that what you're getting? There's, there's a lot of teeth in that argument. If you look at Christian history over the last couple of thousand years, I mean, it's been mostly a train wreck. <laughs> And I tend to sympathize with a lot of people that argue that against Christians, and I would probably go down the road of saying I agree with you on that, and I don't think... So you would just concede the point? What I'm saying is we don't even go down that road. We just kind of turn the tables on them to start with. So, But I would later on concede that point to kind of build rapport with people. But someone comes up and they say, Christians are a bunch of hypocrites. They're always teaching you know, people to do morality, and they're always trying to get people to live the right way, and then they're guilty of more sins and crimes than anyone else. And they'll turn that as like a reason not to believe in God. Right? But what we discovered was that they don't have a, moral, a reason to even have moral, objective morals to criticize Christianity with without a God. So you're saying, we'll just say Christianity as a whole is very evil. Well, where do you think that evil comes from? All right, we turn the tables on them on that way. So I agree with most of what you said, except for the main argument. I mean, I, I agree that morality is objective and can't just be whatever your culture says is right is right and, uh, and so on. But um, you got to be careful with this argument because um, some famous Christian apologists think this is a good argument, like William Lane Craig or Paul Coven. But a lot of Christian philosophers think that premise two is false. Um, what, what you're saying is the atheist has no right to uh, raise any moral objection because atheism is not consistent with belief in objective morality, right? So anytime you make a moral objection, aha, well, you can't, you can't say there's objective right and wrong. Um, and that's what Dawkins thinks. But Dawkins is a pretty stupid atheist in terms of philosophy. I mean, a student that got a B-plus in intro to philosophy probably knows a whole lot more than Dawkins. So, I mean, the, the problem is that... Um, you know, there, there are traditions in, in philosophy where an atheist can just try to define right and wrong in an objective way without reference to God. So, um, philosophers like Kant and Mill, you know, basically Kant thinks that uh, wrong actions are ones that are like kind of against reason. And Mill thinks wrong actions are ones that have, that cause more pain than pleasure. 
And so if, if, if someone knows some philosophy, they'll just say, oh no, I can be an atheist and I can believe in right and wrong, defined that way. Um, the thing about the argument is if, if premise two is true, then no action is intrinsically right or wrong. It's, no action could be right or wrong just because it's that kind of action. Or you said, no, it has to be because of God, like because of God's commands, I assume. Is that what you're thinking, like God's commands? I don't even know if it has to be that... God's command, I think it could be somewhat of what we would call a conscience or it's built into human nature that there's a lot of people that without knowing God or much about God, they still feel like a conviction of what's right and wrong. Yeah, and there's a different argument there, but l let me explain why I think premise two is true. Um, so imagine you come into a room and you see uh, your friend or roommate or something and uh, there's a baby on the floor and they have an electric cattle prod and they're going, and the baby, Wah! and the guy goes, <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? Oh, I'm torturing this baby. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Oh, just for the fun of it, I'm bored. Well, don't you realize that hurts the baby? Oh, yeah, I do. I mean, you, think, you think you shouldn't do that, right? Oh, yeah, I know, but, you know, it's kind of fun. Check this out. <laughs> right? So the kind of action I'm describing, hopefully you never saw an action like this, is torturing an innocent baby merely for the fun of it. And it seems to me like any, even if atheism is true, that's just, that's wrong. Um, Why? Because of, because it's an innocent baby that doesn't deserve it, and because the person doing it knows what they're doing, and because the uh, cattle prod does what it does to a baby. So it's just, it's just facts about the action uh, that make it right or wrong. Well, well, I would wholeheartedly agree that it's wrong, but I don't know why you think it's wrong if you're not, if it's not based, if there's no God. It's just your opinion and your opinion against someone else's opinion. Well, I think you're raising a knowledge or evidence objection there, and there's, so there's a different argument. So suppose there's objective morality like most people think, like you said. Mm -hmm. And it's remarkable, you know, even the atheist is going to agree with you about all, almost all your moral judgments. Mm -hmm. Heck, heckling somebody because of their appearance is wrong. Cheating on the exam is wrong. Uh, torturing innocent babies merely for the fun of it is wrong. It, the atheist and agnostic, they completely agree. In fact, pretty much all humans are going to agree on almost all judgments. There's only mm -hmm. a few problems, really, right? Mm -hmm. So why is this? And that's what's hard to explain, I think, with naturalism and evolution, because it seems totally unnecessary for survival value that we should have accurate knowledge of this huge range of truth. See, that's a knowledge argument. Um, but see, the people doing those things that are wrong, they don't think they're wrong. Right. I think they're like, for example, what's wrong with child sacrifice, kind of similar to what you're saying with torturing an innocent child, but many cultures perfectly thought it was okay to sacrifice their children and burn them to death in, in an effort to appease a, an abstraction of, of a god they believed in. Yeah, I mean, cultures, you know, deaden our, uh, damage our moral judgments. There are cultures where rape uh, is considered not wrong mm -hmm. in cases. Um, things like racial prejudice, and things like that. So I guess what, if I'm, if I'm understanding the dilemma here, it's kind of like Kenny's saying... Sure, <laughs> culture makes you stupid. Like descriptive moral relativism is kind of what we're talking about there. H how do you get away from that unless you have an external standard? 
I, mean, I know there's atheist philosophers that have a, a system for morality, whether it be like contractualism, consequentialism, utilitarianism, those things like that. But the precedent is they, they form the base for how to construct that system. And so they, they choose the way to, to have the morality work. There's always a presupposition behind it, right? Like, you shouldn't harm other people is the presupposition yeah. behind the torturing the baby. Yeah, the thing is, atheists have the same God-given minds that we have. Mm -hmm. Corrupted by sin, and they're also corrupted by culture. Uh, but a lot of times, people do knowingly do wrong. Mm -hmm. you know? But yes, sometimes culture convinces you that something that's obviously wrong. Both, both yeah. theists and atheists do commit that uh, same action, whether uh, whether one believes in the more objective truth or not, um, crimes and sin and other things are committed whether or not a person labels them as such. Yeah, but, but back, to, back to my main point, like, modern atheists have very robust kind of humanistic morality that, yes, they stole from Christianity, but um, that's where it comes from historically. Exactly. Liberal Christianity. Is, is that, uh, what's it called, enlightened self-interest morality or something like that? I think where it's about the betterment of yourself by making, taking care of the, the group. They value individual dignity and things. There's Christian values built into it, but it's very hard to come along and say, no, you're being inconsistent because some things seem like they're just intrinsically wrong, just wrong insofar as it's that kind of action. Not everything has to be intrinsically wrong that's wrong, like if you're an ancient Jew working on Saturday is wrong, but just because God told them not to do that. So anyway, I think you're better off with the knowledge kind of argument, like how could moral knowledge, like why would we have such an easy, such a detailed moral knowledge if we're just... Uh... I would agree with you in like the end, but I'm, what I'm trying to get to is more of like a simple, quick argument for everyday people on the street. Like I said, just, this is not going to convince an atheist agnostic professor, something like that. This is for the people that you're going to run on the street that are just going to come up and they're going to say, I don't believe in God because of X, Y, Z, whatever. And then how do you just flip that around on them and say, basically, they don't, have a, they don't have a basis of why they're even criticizing God to start with. They're basically making a moral argument against God, and without God, they, there is no objective morality, really. And we can also understand the idea that a lot of times what we're dealing with young people or generations being exposed to things for what I would call mob mentality. They really don't know what they believe, just <laughs> in hearing this over again. So they have a prejudice towards Christianity based on all the negative things they've heard. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so they really don't know why they don't like Christianity. They never really even exposed it. Because look at we have a generation who's not been raised in church. You're talking about millennials, the largest percentage of them have not been raised in church. So there's this uh, kind of, I face this with a lot of people, mom mentality. Why do you believe this? They really couldn't tell you. Mm -hmm. They don't know. It just, it's just what they heard, and they're just repeating. And so there's, there's not really an argument there. It's just kind of like a prejudice. I hate mm -hmm. you because you're a Christian. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm trying to point out is then you say, so why, so so you have this moral thing. I mean, they hate you because you're a Christian for some something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is, right? So then you ask, why do you have that feeling of this? What is right and wrong? If there is no God, how do you come to that conclusion? Uh, most people aren't going to have an answer, honestly. They're just going to say, oh, okay. Uh, uh. Well, that's it for this discussion.
Check out other talks in this apologetics conference on restitutio.org or in the show notes for this episode, I have a link as well as to my entire apologetics class, which you can get for free on restitutio.org or just scroll back down into your podcast feed to podcast number 50, which is part one of the apologetics class. Also, if you haven't heard about it yet, we do have a big event coming up called Kingdom Fest. 2018. Our theme is Walk by the Spirit. It's September 7 to 9, right at my home church, Living Hope Community Church in the Albany area of New York. You're all invited, all ages. We have a good kids program, lots of stuff for them to do, as well as plenty of Bible teaching and music and free time for building relationships and conversation for adults as well. It begins Friday with dinner, which is included. We rent out a big tent, put it over one of our parking lots, and manage the food situation ourselves. The cost is $90 for an adult. does not include housing, but there are tons of hotels very close by. And if you have any interest or questions about this event, please contact me, sean at restitutio.org, by email. Or you can call the church directly, 518-785-8888. We've got a bunch of speakers lined up that I think you'll benefit from hearing. I know that Dan Gallagher is going to be there, John Truitt, uh, my father, Vince Finnegan, John Courtright, Victor Gluckin, myself, and John McCabe, and Dwayne Kerr. So please come if you're anywhere in the area. And if you're not in the area, we have a lot of people that come in from out of town anyhow. So uh, it'd be nice to meet up. The registration for this event is at lhim.org. That stands for Living Hope International Ministries, lhim.org. And if you go on the sidebar, you can see it says Kingdom Fest. You can just click there or go directly to lhim.org slash Kingdom Fest. We'll get you right to the information about this. And there's a little link there where you can register. All right, well, that's all I have for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And remember, the truth has nothing to fear.